KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. We've been fascinated with outer space here at the podcast, and there has been plenty of news to dig into. Most recently, some studies about water and the moon really caught our eye. We wanted to learn more, so we caught up with Eric Jensen, professor of astronomy at Swarthmore College. Find out what these studies were all about and what they tell us. Give a listen. All right, so let's start with the basic here. Explain to us what exactly was confirmed about the moon in these reports. Yeah, so what what was learned in these two new studies is that there may be more water on the moon than we thought. Um, And so to understand that, it helps to think a little bit about what we knew before and and ways that the moon is different from the Earth. So, So at first glance, you might think, well, why wouldn't there be water on the moon? You know, the moon is the same distance from the sun as Earth is. So its temperature should be about the same. And that is true on average, but this is a case where the average is a little misleading. So the average temperature on the moon is about the same as the average temperature on the Earth, but that's because the day side of the moon gets up to temperatures of about 280 degrees above zero, way hotter than the Earth. And the night side of the moon gets down to temperatures like 280 degrees below zero. So the moon is both way hotter and way colder than the Earth. And that's because it doesn't have an atmosphere to kind of blanket the surface and and moderate our te- the temperatures the way we do on Earth. So the belief about the moon had been that because of those hot daytime temperatures, pretty much everything, any water that was there, and because there's not an atmosphere to hold it in, any water that was there would be lost. Recently, before these two studies, there's been some some hints um, that there's more water on the moon than we thought. And one of the places where we now know that there's water on the moon before these studies was at the far North Pole and especially the South Pole. So basically those polar regions are always in shadow. So those, so especially inside craters on the poles, things stay very, very cold all the time. And there've been some recent space missions that have been able to detect that there's ice in those craters on the poles. And the reason people are interested in water is if we were to have some kind of base on the moon, which has been increasingly something that people have been talking about, then if there are gonna be people living on the moon, they need water to survive. And you could imagine hauling it from Earth, um, but that's expensive because any pound that you try to lift on a rocket and carry all the way to the moon costs you money. And so people are increasingly interested in, you know, could astronauts or people, you know, living, it sounds crazy, it's like people living on the moon, but it's something we're really talking about. Um, where could they get water? Okay, so that's a little background. So what's new here is two different studies. And one of them showed um, from observations of the daytime side of the moon that even in some of the relatively sunlit areas that there's now good evidence that there's some water in the soil, in the lunar soil. Um, So that's one of the new discoveries that not just hidden in the shadows in the the craters at the poles is there ice, but there's appears to be some water in the, the soil on the surface. Not very much, but a little bit. So that was one of the studies. 
The other one was a new analysis of some new images of the moon from a mission called the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter that's been still orbiting the moon. It's been orbiting the moon for about the past 10 years and has given us better images than we had before. And what they did was to analyze the shadows on the moon um, and show, so basically the idea there is that in the same way that the craters on the moon shadow things and keep them cold and allow there to be ice there, that at some other places on the moon as well, even some pretty small shadows, if they persist long enough, could provide a place for water to hide, essentially, for bigger chunks of ice. And so that's what the second study did, was show that there are more of these permanently shadowed regions than people had appreciated in the past, and that those could be places to look for ice deposits. So these places where we're discovering more water, just so people are clear, this isn't we're finding large puddles or anything. This is molecular that we're, right. we're the, realizing the two, that it's there? Yep. So the two studies are a little bit different on that. The one that found evidence for water on the, the day side in the sunlit regions, that's a tiny amount of water. So basically, they were able to show that there's, right, like you said, molecular water, and that's exactly the right way to think about it. There's evidence for individual water molecules that are in the soil on the day side. And that's really like one molecule of water at a time. So it would be a tremendous amount of work to get that into any liquid form. I saw one estimate that said, so the, the number that they gave in the press release was that if you took a cubic yard of soil from the lunar surface and were able to extract all the water out of that, which would probably be hard to do, you would get enough to fill one 12 ounce water bottle. Um, and that would be really like a molecule at a time trying to put it back together. So it's, so it's extremely dry. The other kind of study would be more promising to try to do something practical with, and that is that there could be real, not puddles because it's too cold, but there could be real actual chunks of ice in the shadows in different places on the moon, especially in the, in the South Pole, maybe some smaller ones in some of these shadows, permanent smaller shadows in other places on the moon. No puddles on the moon. When you talk about uh, like that, you know, that square yard and getting a, do we have the technology that if we wanted to, we could get that, that water out? Does that technology actually exist? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, generally, things like that are somewhat possible, but I don't think that would be, I doubt it would be practical to try to really do that on in any kind of lunar base that we would be built. You know, so it's one thing to imagine doing that on Earth, right? And it's another thing to imagine not only building a base on the moon, but taking whatever our most advanced technology is to be able to practically do that on the moon. So my guess is um, maybe around the edges on Earth, probably not practical on the moon. So how far has our thinking come on the moon? You know, let's say since the last manned mission to the moon, what, you know, have we done a complete 180 on things? Do we, do we, obviously we know more, but, is, do we think it's uh, more hospitable for 
us to set up bases and stuff like that? Yeah, I th- I think more hospitable is right, but more is a relative thing, right? Uh, it's it's maybe a little bit more hospitable than we thought, and certainly technology has advanced in terms of extracting. Here we're talking about extracting water, but you could think about extracting other kinds of raw materials as well. Uh, our space flight capabilities have advanced significantly, so so I think. The challenges still remain, but I think our thoughts about how to deal with some of those challenges uh, have improved. And, and some of these discoveries have improved, have, have changed how we think about the surface of the moon a little bit too. But it's still, at, at bottom line, though, having people live on the moon is still a real uh, challenging thing that's, uh, that's not trivial to do at all. These studies, what do they open the door to? What is the next step? What is the next thing we need to learn or work we want to learn along kind of this natural progression? There's a couple, there's two different directions to to think about taking that. One is just the knowledge for its own sake, just understanding what we can learn about the moon. There's been an increased interest in the moon. So there was a big spate of moon missions in the late 60s and early 70s, part of the Apollo program in the U.S. Uh, um, but more recently, there have been more missions and interest in going back to the moon. So there are some landers planned that will be able to directly sample the lunar soil and be able to test what was uh, concluded in both of these studies. So on a, a purely scientific and knowledge for its own sake, there's some follow-up studies that'll be able to confirm or possibly refute these these discoveries. The other way that you can think about that is what we were just talking about is what are the implications of this for possible uh, human exploration and, and possibly habitation of the surface of the moon. And there you might know that the current administration has been pushing to fast track uh, return to the moon, mission called Artemis. Um, and so what the what the political and funding future of that is, we don't know. We'll have to see whether that continues to be a something that is is pushed forward at the pace it is right now. Um, the president has been a big fan of it. Congress has been a little bit less of a big fan of it in terms of, of fast-tracking funding for it. Um, but it's something that's in the conversation in a way that it wasn't 10 years ago is a, a return of humans to the moon and thinking about what this could mean there. Our last discussion, we talked about Venus and discoveries there, and we've got these discoveries. And obviously, how far this goes depends on political and financial considerations for the most part. But could we kind of... I feel like we're entering a special time here where the knowledge is coming fast and furious from a lot of different directions. And it would seem like we've got an exciting window opening here for the possibility of, of space exploration that uh, maybe we weren't seeing talking about 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, I think that's right. There was, I mean, technology has continued to advance at a, at a furious pace in the same way that it was at the time of the Apollo missions. But it's partly where that where that gets directed, um, and so absolutely, astronomy is, is and space exploration are really in a an amazing time where we can do things that we couldn't dream of doing ten or twenty or thirty years ago, 
And so that's that's exciting time to be in. Um, one of the things I should clarify to, to, to go in a slightly different direction, you mentioned Venus. One thing that's important to note here is that even though we're talking about water on the moon, nobody's talking about the possibility of life on the moon. Uh, so there's no, you know, this is super cold and super tiny amounts of water. And so although people have been excited about water on Mars or on Europa as evidence of possible niche environments for life, there's no discussion of that for the moon. But yeah, to go back to your original question, this is absolutely an exciting time where things keep moving forward and we, we keep learning more and that's fun. Going back to the water for a minute, because another question just jumped in my head. How do we think, is the water naturally occurring? Is it something that was left by an asteroid, you know, thousands of years? Do we have any ideas on that? Right. So where does it come from? Uh, we think probably that these water deposits come from asteroid or comet fragments colliding with the moon. That's exactly right. And so, so after when the moon was first formed, it would have probably formed by a collision of a Mars-sized object that ran into Earth early in the formation of the solar system and tore off a chunk that coalesced into the moon. At that point, the moon would have been way too hot for there to be any water, so any water has to come later. So probably collisions with even relatively small bodies from the outer solar system that have that are made partly of ice and if those land in a place that's cold enough, then some of that ice can persist. So ice delivered from space to the surface of the moon. And final question, I think I asked you something similar for our discussion of Venus. Where does this, where do the, these studies and the confirmation rank on your scale from next logical step makes sense to, oh, wow, this really kind of changes the game for me? Yeah, I got to admit on this one, I was a little less excited than the, the previous one. We knew already that there were deposits of water in the craters, uh, the poles, as I said. It's surprising that there's this tiny amount of water in the dayside soil of the moon. So that's kind of, to me, interesting to know, um, you know, good to know, but not something that, uh, that blows me away. Um, so, yeah, put this one on middle of the scales. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 